Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Howdy! <laughs> All right, Mini Pearl. That's again, that's Mini Mini Max, Mini Pearl. Welcome to another lively episode of Fifty Shades of Green Divas. I am Green Diva Meg, and I am lively Green Diva Max. Do you know my first dog was named Mini? Really? My yeah. my Mitch's cat. He had a cat named Mini, along with a cat named Ego and a cat named Mouse. He had mini. <laughs> ego mini. didn't seem to match that. No, but Ego was the smartest cat I ever personally knew. So, speaking of smart cat, mm-hmm. I'm trying to segue here. Ah. David Bowie said in one of his awesome tunes, which song did this come from, by the way? Do we know? I can't. You're the one who wrote this. <laughs> I know, and I can't remember what. Anyway, here are the words, and you'll probably recognize them. And these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. So think about that. Kids are so much wiser than we give them credit for. Yes, they can be wise acres. Wise arses. (laughs) But as it turns out, they have more power than we thought. And in fact, they could just maybe save us all. We've done a darn good job of mucking things up here in the world with the, <laughs> we have. with the last couple of generations pretty much ignoring the seventh generation principle, which is a Native American philosophy that the decisions we make today should result in a sustainable world seven generations in the future. And the yeah. indigenous people are very much planning. They, they know we need to plan that far out. Uh, but kids today have learned at a painfully early age, had to dodge active shooters at school. Really makes me sad. Uh, and and I know you have grands, so that must be even hitting you harder, and them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're not uh, dodging bullets and bullies, which is another thing happening so much thanks to the, uh, the head, that's all I'll say, uh, <laughs> they, they are, they're learning that the oceans and marine wildlife are utterly polluted with plastics, and they're dying. I mean, what are we giving these kids? The polar ice is melting at an accelerated pace and revealing all kinds of nasty viruses while sea levels rise. And due to warming and rising oceans, storms are supersizing and causing more death and destruction. <laughs> like this song, We're on the Eve of Destruction, you yeah. know? and the not fun. I mean, it's just uh, something that's happening, and we need to pay attention, people. I don't remember feeling this kind of doom as a kid and seeing these kinds of things and worrying the way that these kids now have to think about things, which is why we're so excited about the kids that we're going to be talking about today, kids around the world that are stepping up and really helping us become more activated and energized and making change from the Parkland Florida students who are making their voices heard about gun violence Mm -hmm. 
to the Juliana versus U.S. government uh, and students around the world who are walking out of school in protest of the destruction of their future. Uh, this is this is the episode. We're going to talk about that. We want to focus on some of these extraordinary activist kids that are on the front lines of this climate crisis. 13-year-old Charlotte Stewart Tilly, Tallahassee School Strike for Climate Leader, said, As I'm sure you are aware, we are facing a climate crisis. That's right. Our very existence is threatened by our poor habits that destroy our ecosystem and harm other people and animals on our planet. Climate change is a serious problem, and we need to address it. Per- words are perfect. She, she, she nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. I want to take a minute here while we're talking about activism to introduce a wonderful new sponsor, PowerPost Box. So you want to get more active and help the environment fight climate change Advocate for wildlife, reduced waste, and change policy? I do. <laughs> and with postcard campaigns are a great way to help. And PowerPost makes it super easy. PowerPost is the first eco-advocacy subscription box, giving busy environmentalists like you a simple way to make your voice heard. Every month, you'll receive postcards, stamps, writing materials, addresses, and information about a specific environmental issue, including research, talking points, links, and other ways you can help. All you need to do is grab friends, family, or your favorite cup of coffee or tea and help amplify the voice for our environment. But wait, it gets better. (laughs) In each box, PowerPost includes a few green goodies to introduce new healthy products for better green living. So amplify your activism. Sign up today at PowerPostBox.com and use the coupon code GREENDIVAS for 10% off your first order. Do it. PowerPost. Words have power. So we're talking about fantastic kids, and Meg mentioned Charlotte Stewart Tilly, and now I'm going to mention Greta Thunberg, a 16-year-old student activist, uh, brought the message to the attention of the Swedish government and proudly proclaimed that our leadership has failed us. Young people must hold older generations accountable for the mess they have created. We need to get angry and transform our anger into action. Today, we use 100 million barrels of oil every single day. Wow. There are no rules to keep that oil in the ground. The rules have to be changed. And Greta continued, and I'm quoting, and that was a quote of hers before, I want the politicians to prioritize the climate question. Focus on the climate and treat it like a crisis. She has been protesting and skipping school on certain days to bring attention to the crisis. And you can watch her uh, COP24 speech on YouTube. And if you just Google Greta Thunberg, that's G-R-E-T-A-T-H-U-N-B-E-R-G, you will find this kid is amazing and is right on. If I was a kid right now, Max, I'd be asking, who are the adults in the room and why aren't they doing more to protect the planet? Good question. Kids and students around the world are asking this question and they're getting serious And they're using social media protests, protesting in the streets, 
uh, legal system to make their point and make change. In Europe, they are walking out of classes on Fridays to protest environmental abuses and bring attention to the need to protect the planet. Students are urging their governments to stick to the goals set in the Paris Climate Agreement. So that is hashtag Fridays for Future. And and it's spreading worldwide, including the U.S. So use that hashtag again, which is hashtag Fridays for Future. So the kids are doing a lot, as Meg just mentioned. And and there's another movement that has come up, um, which is called the Sunrise Movement. And it's comprised of student activists who are taking to the streets. And they have protested in front of the U.N. and U.S. uh, government offices. They staged a sit-in in front of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office to bring attention to the Green New Deal and to get Democrats to commit to working on climate change. They have also protested in front of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's office to put the Republicans on notice that they are a force to be reckoned with and that climate change must be addressed. So 26-year-old co-founder Evan Weber said, we are seeing a lot of hope from our generation in a way that makes me believe we can actually do something really big. The mission of the Sunrise Movement is to build an army of young people to make climate change matter in the 2020 elections. Yes, that's good. The group will be pressing candidates to support the Green New Deal, as well as the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge. Zoya Tierstein, political reporter for Grist, has been writing a lot about the Green New Deal, uh, and she talked to me about the connection it has to young people. Part of the reason that kids can get involved is because it's like kind of right now we have this moment where all of these different movements are kind of combining or coming to a head. So the Juliana versus the United States court case that where a bunch of kids are suing the U.S. government over climate change, that's been in the works since 2015. And uh, those kids are kind of growing into themselves and also taking new kinds of climate action. Some of them are teaming up with Sunrise. And then, of course, the Sunrise movement got this really big win when it sat in, when the group uh, organized a sit-in in Nancy Pelosi's office um, and, and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez joined them. And that was when the Green New Deal really took off. So in many ways, youth have been involved with the Green New Deal from the very beginning of, of its popularity. I think that, that there's something about the deal and the fact that you know AOC is leading the charge that, that really galvanizes the youth. And also, I think part of the reason that kids are getting so involved is because it's becoming increasingly clear, based on the science, that the younger generations are the ones that are going to have to deal with the worst consequences of climate change. Okay, so we want to pause now and recognize another one of our fabulous sponsors because you know what? It's not spring quite yet, folks. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the Envy Heater. Yes, the Envy Heater is a super efficient wall-mounted electric panel heater that looks great in any setting and heats up a room in just minutes. It costs only four cents per hour to run. So the Envy Heater is a great product for people looking to reduce their carbon footprint and save money. And safety is a priority. They're great for homes with small children and pets because of their cool-to-the-touch design. It's easy to install Envy 
Even I could do it, I think. <laughs> and you can, too, in just a few minutes. Find out more about the Envy Heater at eheat.com. So Max recently had a chance to speak with two amazing young adults, Tia Hatton and Kieran Uman, who are plaintiffs in the lawsuit Juliana versus the U.S., which is a constitutional climate action lawsuit, which, by the way, we talked about in an episode last year that uh, all about how the legal system could be one of our salvations. We're freezing New York, and we have... Yeah, so my name's Kieran Uman. I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Um, that also has to do with how I got connected with the case. I grew up, you know, with Kelsey, who, Kelsey Juliana, who's the first-named plaintiff, and we've been, you know, friends since childhood, and she asked me to be a part of this because she knew I was invested in this work, invested in environmental organizing. Um, I've also kind of had a parallel... Um, involvement in the direct action community, particularly the environmental direction act- action community since high school. Um, and so that's been an important part of this work for me is balancing, you know, my community and many different communities this is and the larger vision of a movement that encompasses everything from Standing Rock to the Supreme Court. I mean, I think there's there's a number of different layers. So we, we are, we're a lawsuit. I'm a plaintiff. I'm suing the federal government. And we're, we're claiming that their actions... Um, to contribute and exacerbate climate change over the past 50 to 60 years, despite knowing what they were doing. They knew what climate change was, they knew what, were co- what was causing it, and they ignored the facts, they ignored the science. And so we're saying that to life, liberty, and property, we need a stable climate. And if they're actively destroying the climate by supporting the fossil fuel industry, by giving permits for new infrastructure, by subsidizing um, fossil fuels as opposed to investing in renewable energies, they are destroying our future of a stable climate. And that is an infringement of our constitutional rights. So we're saying they need to, you know, uphold our rights and up to a stable climate. And to do that, we need a plan that will get us on track to 350 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere by 2100. We can do that. We're just going to need some massive changes um, that the government can do. They just haven't. Tia has joined us. So how did you get involved in in this action? I got involved because I was um, doing some local climate work in my hometown of Bend, Oregon, And basically the time had come where, um, you know, local action, you know, wasn't going to be enough and that we needed to take a little bit more of a systemic approach or just one of the approaches to take. So I got in contact with some of the other plaintiffs, Kelsey, and she just invited me to be a part of the lawsuit. And here we are. This legal action affirms that the government, through its inaction, has knowingly violated the youngest generation's constitutional rights to life, liberty, and property, and it has failed to protect essential public trust resources. When the lawsuit began, hardly anyone took it seriously, including the government's lawyers, who have since watched the Supreme Court reject two of their motions to delay or dismiss the case. Four years in, it is still very much alive, in part because plaintiffs have amassed a body of evidence that will surprise even the skeptics and have forced the government to admit 
that the crisis is real. Ready? And now, Silly Science Facts with G.D. Max. Yep, here we are again, folks, doing another Silly Science Fact. I'm not quite sure. This is silly and serious all at the same time. So, so here's the thing. You have a genius kid, and you'll yell downstairs to his playroom, Stop your nuclear fusion experiment and come up and eat your dinner. Uh, <laughs> what? What? It reminds me of a current show on the telly called Young Sheldon about a boy genius whose life revolves around STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, who is in high school at the age of 10 and drives his parents and teachers and family nuts. While many kids of the 21st century spend their time on social media and playing video games, there are kids that have exemplified, as exemplified by the TV character Young Sheldon, follow a different path, including those who are activists fighting for a cleaner, greener climate. Some kids are in a space of their own and are light years ahead in the subject areas that bring them to another level. One of these kids is Jackson Oswald of Memphis, Tennessee, who spends his time in his basement playroom working on a nuclear fusion reactor. What? Wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? No. (laughs) Yes, you heard that right, Meg, and everyone out there. Uh, um, He is... (laughs) That's crazy. Yes. He finished his reactor and achieved fusion at the age of 13. God. It's kooky, and he is now regarded by experts as the youngest in America, maybe even the world, to accomplish building a nuclear reactor. Jackson built a steel machine made up of vacuums, pumps, and chambers that is capable of smashing atoms together through force in a smoking hot plasma center that releases a burst of fusion. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. (laughs) um, And releases a burst of fusion energy. If you've ever wondered how the sun and other stars are powered, the process within Jackson's nuclear fusion reactor is comparable. He did this all at his home laboratory. Really? And you might be thinking, can anyone build a nuclear reactor at home? Uh, Yes. The answer to that question is yes. Really? So, like, how many of my neighbors are are capable of doing this? Hopefully not many. I I don't know. I mean, at this point, I'd be very scared. This is all a very scary thought. It really is. That you can do this at home. Uh, So, according to the the Guardian uh, report... Oswald's reactor required 50,000 volts of electricity and involved $10,000 of equipment, which his dad purchased for him. Uh, Jackson's father, Chris Oswald, had no real understanding of what his son was working on. Well, oh, that's scary, too, that, right? That, 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 you know, this is in the article, and I'm like, I read this, and my head was literally shaking. Yeah. But to make sure Jackson was safe, or to make sure... That actually, not Jackson, but, you know, yes, Jackson was safe. He had experts speak to him about the dangers involved with working on a potentially deadly fusion reactor. No, oh, goodness, reactor. Like uh, being exposed to high levels of radiation or being electrocuted <laughs> <laughs> by 50,000 volts of electricity that he uses to warm the fusion reactor's plasma core. Good Lord. I just, I, my head is spinning again. All right, so clearly not a helicopter parent. No, definitely not. I mean, just go go play with Go play fusion. with your fusion. nuclear fish, fusion, <laughs> fusion kid. So 
But to prove that fusion has occurred, Oswald needed to show that neutrons, which get released during the process of deuterium fusion, something like that, had been produced. So this is this is not your normal playroom activities. So kids, do not try this at home. Please don't. I I just it's it's just again mind-boggling. Previous reports in life science explain that nuclear startups have begun as hobbyist projects. Seriously, this is crazy. I, you don't know who your neighbor, what your neighbor's going to. I know. So I'm thinking, like, let's so. get ten thousand dollars worth of equipment and and use fifty thousand volts of electricity. Ah, because to me, in terms of hobbies, collecting vinyl records or stamps, you know, yeah. that's that's what I would think is is a hobby. So not sure I can categorize building a nuclear fusion reactor. As a hobby. Right. There are more people who make fusion purely for the fun of it. Really? <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> well, maybe Doc Brown and Back to the Future. Uh, and these efforts almost always involve fusion rather than fission splitting atoms. I just, again, this just brings me to another level of of what the heck's going on. So all wow. I can say is, as Meg, Meg just said, wow, this wow. is quite the hobby. Now, who says building a nuclear fusion reactor isn't child's play? And yes, another silly and scary science fact with GD Max. <laughs> Closing out this episode, we always like to have a couple of wise words, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like what Kurt Vonnegut said here. Dear future generations, please accept our apologies. We were rolling drunk on petroleum. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, I, Kurt had it right. Kurt got that right. Yes, yes Kurt got that right because we're just, as, as they said, the kids are saying, we need to be keeping this in the ground, not yeah. being drunk on it. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to sing you out. Yeah. Don't we, judge. We're do having not, fun. Don't judge. We're having fun. I brought my guitar, and, and Meg and I are, are going to do Teach Your Children and just do a, a little bit of it because we the children are teaching their parents. So that, that Teach was, your parents, people. Teach, teach your, your parents. Teach your parents well. Teach your parents well. Their children's hell will slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they pick, the one you'll know by. Don't you ever ask them why. If they told you, you would cry. So just look at them and sigh. And know they love you. We love you. We love you. You've been listening to The 50 Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. 